That is, by the way, something that I do. I go through people's recycling and make sure it's right. So when, are you ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready. Amazing. Okay. So Marie, how have you been? What have you been up to? Yeah, I've been good. Uh, like a few mental breakdowns here and there, but you know, the chugging along. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think I should kick this off with a sustainable fail because over the last month, I think I gathered quite a lot of it. <laughs> go on then. <laughs> <laughs> and the one that I chose for this week is, um, so I started off the year with quite a lot of dentist appointments which the reason for that could be a whole sustainable fail in itself, but we're not going to go there. However, every time I go, they're nice enough to gift me a, a small bottle of toothpaste. I am very broke. So for the past month, I've been using the small bottle of toothpaste. And because I've been to the dentist so often, I've got like five small bottles of toothpaste that I've been just using up uh, because That's I That's like a budget hack almost. Yeah. Just go to the dentist and get free toothpaste. <laughs> yeah, it only accompanies with like a hundred euro appointment, but at least you get uh, a toothpaste. <laughs> at least they could do. But yeah, and so I had to wait until my dad visited me last week so he could buy me toothpaste. That was like my thing, which I don't think it was the most sustainable thing to do to you use like five bottles of mini toothpaste. I think that almost kind of started the podcast. I remember like the biggest thing we would voice note each other on is what do we do about toothpaste? Because it tastes like, I think we'll do because... an episode on this, but we've tried so many different toothpaste between ourselves and we always report back going, this tasted awful. And I don't think this is cleaning our teeth. Honestly, one of the biggest think... pain points of both of us is toothpaste. It is. It, no, toothpaste is like the one of the jumps jumping off points of this podcast. And it also was one of the jumping off points of my very large dentist bill. I mean, the pandemic did not help either because I wasn't able to go to the dentist for about two years. So there's a lot of factors. But yeah, toothpaste is a big debate between us. And yeah. if you know, or if you're a dentist who wants to come on the top podcast and talk that about- That would be you know, amazing, please. Toothpaste, please let help. us know. We really, I really want to talk to a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> for your dental health and for your toothpaste needs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, what about so, you? <laughs> so I'm very similar. I feel like I've gathered quite a lot of sustainable fails in the last month. I think the most recent one I was talking to you about, actually, which I still feel guilty about, especially as we've done an episode on this. It was really warm in the UK the other day. And I was like, oh, I just, I'm going to break. I just need a milkshake or some sort of cold drink. I should have prepared something. I didn't. And I went to this place that sells like artisan food and they kind of preach about sustainability. So I thought, oh, like I'll get a milkshake from them they've probably like they're doing something with their packaging and they made me this milkshake and they put it in just just standard plastic cup with a plastic lid but don't worry folks they put a paper straw in it which i think i slurped twice and then it disintegrated um so i was walking around going i feel so guilty i shouldn't have bought this i'm gonna have to down this before i go back to work because like i don't want people to see me with this i preach about sustainability so i sat down and just down this milkshake which i had to take the straw draw out drink got major brain freeze and just shuffled back into work and then I messaged Maria and said I feel so guilty why have I done this so yeah that was kind of my sustainable fail um <laughs> which you know what I could have got around with just not having a milkshake but there you go <laughs> no one's perfect paper straws aren't just not it they're not I had a mojito over yeah, the weekend awful. and it also was like 
two sips and it was gone. They're not. They're, they're not, not the solution. They're not the answer. No, they're not, not at all. Um, Especially with something clumpy like a milkshake, that does not work. Honestly, it was two slurps and then that straw just clocked out. It had enough. And then like, you know, downing a milkshake without a straw is quite difficult because it's quite thick. So yeah, yeah, don't, don't get a paper straw. And you know what? I could have put my metal straw in there, but as we all know, I lost it and they never gave it me back and I'm still really upset. But shout out to uh, my boyfriend's mom because she bought me some new metal straws because she saw how upset I was, which is really sweet. So shout out to Henry's mom. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's really cute. This is kind of a perfect transition to the topic of today because you said you said the plastic the cup was made out of plastic. And the question is, could you have recycled that? No, you know what? I don't think so. And especially as there was like a lot of residue at the bottom of the cup. And because I needed to go back to work, I just put in the bin, and that was another reason I felt incredibly guilty. So I don't think there was any way around that at all. Putting it in the bin was the right choice for the reasons we're about to, to go through. So we might as well dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Two Girls, One Reusable Cup, your sustainable support group, the podcast all about navigating the disasters and delights of living a low-waste lifestyle in your 20s. I'm Marie, and as always, I am joined with the lovely Beth. Hello. And today we're talking about recycling, which can be like a real minefield. Rules may depend on where you live. Some plastics can fall into a gray area. It is really tricky to navigate recycling and know what to do properly. I want to remind everyone that don't work in the recycling industry. I am just spent a lot of time on the internet researching this stuff and trying to present this uh, information to you as as best as I can. So hopefully I haven't gotten anything terribly wrong, but we'll see how it goes. As you said, recycling is an absolute minefield. It's such a gray area. Does anyone know? Does anyone know how to recycle? I I don't know. I watched a lot of videos and read a lot of articles and I still don't think I know the answer. (laughs) Sorry guys, cut the podcast here. (laughs) We don't know the answer. We don't know. Podcast over. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thanks. Follow us on social. <laughs> so, anyway, I just want to start off by asking so, how does recycling work where you live? You know what? I really, really don't know because you're completely right. It <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, it works by different areas. When I lived in the city, um, we had food waste caddies, those extra things that they introduced. And then I moved to a bit further out of the city and they this side of the council doesn't have any of that. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of a bit in the dark, if I'm honest with you, and the information is not very clear. Um, sorry, very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> but do you have a recycling bin like in your like household or? Yes. So I live in a flat and we have a big communal, two big communal recycling bins outside and they have like a bit of information on them but it's basically like cardboard glass that kind of thing so you put everything in one bin yes this was like also like how it was when i lived in the uk so this is called single stream recycling or mixed recycling okay and it is when you put all your recyclable materials cardboard paper glass plastic all in one bin and this is where sort of the problems start to develop because it's all in one bin people don't really pay attention to what can be recycled or what can't be recycled they just throw it all in one and it also gives you the sense of feeling like oh i'm doing something right because i'm recycling and this also like coined a term called wish recycling where you're trying to recycle something that you think can be recycled but it actually is not and you're so right the amount of people who have gone hey like i've got this 
where do I put it? And we've all kind of gone, I think you can recycle it. I don't know. And it is, it is wishful thinking, which is, it's really bad. It's not clear. No. So here in Portugal, we operate on a dual stream recycling system where we separate our recyclables before we putting them in the container. Okay. So here we have a separate container for plastic and aluminium that go in the same one, uh, then paper and then glass. And what is also really handy here is that all our stuff that we buy in the groceries is color coded. So we just follow the stickers and put it into the recycling bin. That's Um, such a good idea. That makes it so much clearer because at the end of the day, like, I mean, we're quite on it with this kind of thing, but we can't expect everyone to fully look into how to recycle things, especially if you're on the go. Yeah. And it's also, also, of course, only product that I think are either manufactured in Portugal or because like stuff that's like more like fun foreign imports or like brands that are sell- sold in like other countries, they don't have the sticker either because they don't know what kind of recycling yeah. system Portugal is. So there's still like stuff that ends, falls in that gray area where I'm not quite sure. This is also like where my knowledge ends. Like I put my stuff in the recycling bin. I see them collected at night. These like big trucks here in Portugal, most of the recycling is underground. So it's quite interesting to see <laughs> how they like lift all the stuff out. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really because you like have like all this bunch of cardboard and you see this massive you see this small bin and you're like how how is this gonna fit and then you open it and you realize it's just this massive hole into the ground Uh, you know what that's like post boxes in the uk that i recently found out it was all viral on twitter that they are like embedded into the ground and they lift the post box up and like you said there's a bit underneath it's underground it blew my mind (laughs) what are they hiding (laughs) (laughs) so i'm guessing dual stream recycling is better than single stream recycling because it's separated it is in theory but the whole thing is a bit wishy-washy and that's the thing like the containers get emptied and i actually don't know what happens to it how it usually works paper cardboard and glass usually get recycled locally in your like local area at your local recycling center and aluminium but again that can depend on where you live and it is of course plastic where the biggest problems lie in the system it's the main area i'm going to focus on otherwise this is going to be like an over three hour episode Stay tuned. (laughs) Because I hate to bring everyone down, but the recycling system is very, very broken. Like me. And (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's a mess. So I, of course, always like to learn a bit of history and look into it and see how we actually got to this point. Plastic started gaining popularity around the 1950s. There were already at the time concerns about the plastic permanence because people have noticed that this is a very durable material. So what do we do? So all the um, plastic executives got together and decided to come up with a plan of how to make plastic more sustainable. Spoiler alert, there isn't one. Oh, thanks. So so rather than creating a real solution, they knowingly created a system that they knew was going to fail. Oh, wow. So essentially, the whole plastic recycling system is built on a lie. Exposed. Because in theory, you can sort, melt, uh, sort and melt down plastic and reduce its impact on the environment. But there is a catch. And there's the one reason why the plastic recycling system is so broken. And that is because it's not profitable. Money makes the world go round. Oh, capitalism. (laughs) Capitalism, exactly. It's a running theme in this show. Oh, capitalism. (laughs) 
There are essentially different values of plastic. So there's negative value plastic, which is the ones that get either incinerated or sent straight to a landfill, and that is plastic. Like that's more com- most commonly plastic bags. Okay. The plastic that doesn't have very good structure. Then there is high value plastic, which gets recycled immediately, which is usually type one and type two plastic. I will go into more detail about the different types of plastic later on. But the biggest problem where it lies is the neutral value plastic. The plastic gets sorted into bales and sent across the world, and、uh, that yes, is usually type plastics types three and seven. We cannot talk about recycling without mentioning China. China, up to 2018, used to take all of our trash. So what would happen was that we would put our plastic in the recycling bin. It would get sent to a center to be sorted, and then it would be put into bales, loaded onto a container ship, and shipped all the way. Across the ocean to China, and they wow. Would deal with it. So not only is there transport emissions for actually making the plastic in the first place, then there's so much transport emissions actually then sending it to get recycled in China. That's、yeah. crazy. And th- as I said, the system worked until 2018. Out of sight, out of mind. Put it on a ship, load it all the way to China. However, around the end of 2017, China essentially threw all the system up on its head and issued a ban on nearly all. Imported plastic into the country. They said they don't want to handle the world's trash, which makes sense. One of the reasons they cited of this is, of course, public health, because these bales, in a sense, are hazardous because sometimes people would throw stuff into their recycling that wasn't recyclable. Another reason was that sometimes there was plastic even the recycling plants in China couldn't handle, so they would end up burning it or dumping it, causing the Chinese government to pay to get this cleaned up. The Chinese government also subsidizes most of the healthcare in China, so if They were also paying for healthcare, so these bales were causing a health hazard. So what was happening essentially, like these small companies in China, were turning a small profit by recycling our plastic, but China as a nation was actually losing quite a lot of money. So they had enough. The China solution was essentially a bandaid, but now that's gone, and this is where I generally don't know what's happening anymore because we had the system, and now it's gone, and now everyone is scrambling to make try to. Find a solution. So we are still shipping our plastic away.、Um, this time, mainly to Malaysia is the one that's now accepting all of our trash. And some of the reasons cited for this is they know how to handle it. They don't.、Uh, Malaysia does not have the infrastructure like the same as we do to handle our, our trash. It is still a problem. And also, eventually, Malaysia and I think they starting to because I think they're also starting to set up import bans. But I'm not ex- exactly 100 sure. But they're going to realize the same thing that China. Did, that yeah, just going around in circles. Is a health hazard, and it's not profitable, and they're losing money by doing this. And is that why? So, for example, the UK doesn't recycle. Exactly, it's not profitable, and the UK does not have the infrastructure how, in place、um, to recycle plastic. How I think this is very like how cheeky is it to then to send all your stuff over to another country because you don't think it's profitable? I think cheeky is an understatement, but that's the first thing. That That comes to my head. That's really like, oh, we're not making money off this. Let's get someone else to do it. Yeah, as I said, <laughs> not money and capitalism. What this the world is based on. So and yeah, as we said, sorting, transporting, and melting down existing plastic is very expensive. So so to put this in in comparison, in 2017, virgin PTA plastic cost about 54 cents per pound. Recycled PTA plastic cost about 63 cents per pound. And also 
Recycled plastic is a much lower quality. It degrades as you try to recycle it. That's where the problem lies. It can never be profitable. Another thing is, it is rare that a recycled material gets recycled into its original point. That a plastic bottle gets recycled into another plastic bottle. Usually gets recycled into a bench or a flower pot or something else. So that's also another problem where this it's always something different. It's never the original point. So then we're still using virgin materials to make bottles. It should be we're recycling the bottles to make more bottles and it's just closed loop. Yeah, exactly. That makes um, no sense then. Well, it's not not closed loop exactly it's not yeah yeah it's not closed loop and it should be closed loop and that's also a big problem where it lies so sorry why don't they make why don't they recycle it back into a bottle is it so I you think, said because the material's not good enough exactly because i think plastic material like degrades its strength and its components kind of degrade as you try to reuse it so yeah it doesn't have the structural integrity anymore and it is also because of money as I previously stated, recycled plastic costs a lot more than virgin plastic. That's um, so interesting because I think most people will think if they recycle a plastic bottle, for example, they'll think that will be made into a new plastic bottle, which isn't the case. And actually, like, I'm quite annoyed learning that my plastic bottle doesn't become another plastic bottle. That makes absolutely no sense. No, it doesn't. And <laughs> unfortunately, there isn't much solution unless like our Europe or UK invests in infrastructure to actually process recycling on site and not ship it off. Mm. But also, I feel like you are starting to feel a lot, a little guilty now hearing all this information. <laughs> yeah, thanks for dragging me down, Marie. <laughs> I really regret having that milkshake. <laughs> which causes, which is... And which brings up another massive issue that the entire like plastic industry and the recycling industry says it's all up to us. Yeah, which is which, not fair. <laughs> exactly. And it's not true. They're the ones causing the problems. And now they're saying, oh, no, you need to recycle. You need to solve the problems we cause. Hashtag recycling is not the solution, everyone. And so, yeah, that's another like major issue. Like all the ad campaigns, all the stuff you see, like I saw, I saw a YouTube ad the other day as well, where it was just all it's like, make sure you recycle. It's up to you to save our planet. No, it's up to you to stop making harmful crap. Like, that was so sassy, Marie. <laughs> so sassy but you know I mean, I what very sassy every you will start to see more of this from brands especially now with cop 26 that's happened and um the ipcc report brands are gonna jump on the quickest solution not all brands hashtag not all brands but a lot of them will go straight on to their this is made with 23 percent recycled polyester i'm looking at you um h&m so like oh, it's God, that's a whole other topic yeah another topic <laughs> but basically you will start to see it more and i think if we're more aware of it we can see we can see through them basically mm-hmm. it's not the solution it really isn't the question is should we stop recycling altogether well from what you've said i don't want to recycle anymore <laughs> what do we do i mean like you said it's not all up to us but what can we do do we do we see i'm very much like i will try and avoid plastic like the plague because i even though it says this can be recycled i'm just so i don't think it's it's working but then it's like oh i'm like cutting things out of my life based on plastic (laughs) yeah so it is complicated (laughs) that's 
the moral of the story. But we shouldn't do a stop altogether. Definitely keep recycling our glass, our cardboard, or aluminium. Aluminium is actually one of the most easiest materials to recycle. So that's usually should be like your default. Yes. Like if you so for example. Sorry, if like you had like a tin, a tin of beans, humble Heinz beans in the UK, um, I washed it out, I recycled it. Do you reckon that will then be made into an aluminium can again? I think so. I do need to, like, uh, if I get this wrong, we'll correct it on our Instagram. But I think that is the case because aluminium is very easy to recycle. It's one of the, if not, we'll post a little correction on our Instagram. And as you said, one thing, one solution is, of course, to cut down. Remember the three R's, reduce, reuse, recycle. Many people don't realize that those are actually in an order for a reason these are order of preference so you should first reduce then you should reuse then you should recycle recycling should be your last option resort exactly but it's somehow become our default someone the other day said to me oh i'm sustainable i recycle (laughs) well done jordan ward (laughs) sorry we don't shame on this podcast no 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 no, no. everything like that's it's like some people that's the reason we're doing this podcast because some people don't actually realize the problems and exactly but that's what they're telling us they're telling us that be sustainable recycle and actually i think the first thing people will think of with sustainability is recycling how has that happened why have they told us that it's not true you're completely right and that's so interesting that is the order of things reduce avoid plastic if you can and i think especially our generation it i've always recycled like we've always had like a recycling bin in our classroom at school like we always did it at home but no one actually told us why it just yeah. was one of those things oh paper goes into the blue bin and that's all we did but we never actually like they never actually sat us down and say okay it's this is important. as big of a habit as brush your teeth in the morning and evening just do it like that's how it's I think been for this generation, which is crazy. Sorry, I say crazy a lot on this podcast because a lot of this is it's mind blowing. Um, and it's really interesting learning all of this stuff. I do feel like I'm getting the inside scoop. So wh- what can we do then? So we can reduce our plastic, but what if there's no way of getting around that? What if like, for example, a lot of uh, medical based equipment and stuff like a plaster, a lot of that is plastic how do you kind of get around that there are biodegradable plasters i think especially when it comes to like medical stuff i think that is one of the ones where we just have to kind of accept it because like one thing you cannot deny plastic is an amazing material yes this is not a plastic hating show you're completely right it's a great durable material we can do so much with it's got such a negative connotation at the moment especially in the medical industry because it's just so like you can easily disinfect plastic that's one of the massive benefits uh hardly anyone has allergies to it so it's again a good material to use so i think that area is like a bit out of our control so as we said this shouldn't all be up to us so what is the actual solution to this problem and the solution is and it's something that i'm gonna be mentioning a lot on this podcast because i am also advocating for it to be for it to be in place in the fashion industry and that is eprs extended producer responsibility the idea behind EPRs is essentially that the producer takes full responsibility for their product. We need to introduce smart targeted bands that will lead into real changes. Essentially, the pay to pollute principle. Yes. And the EPR laws shift the responsibility away from us, the consumer, and put it back on the company, the ones that are actually polluting us. Yeah. (laughs) 
which is completely uh, right we can't they can't expect us to do everything that's what's happening right now and it's just not working exactly uh one of the like quotes that i always like to reference is from a ted talk by david gatz and he said the last thing we need to do is clean the oceans which sounds like a crazy statement but as he argues we can clean the oceans all we like but if we keep dumping plastic into it yeah it doesn't doesn't have an effect so that like cleaning up it should be our last our last uh, our last point we should stop the massive flow that is causing our pollution so eprs are cited in the european climate action plan i'm not exactly sure how detailed or how big of a part they play because i actually can't find this action plan anywhere but i know that they're in there <laughs> I know that there are EPRs in place for packaging in most countries, but it's definitely still not enough. In the US, they don't have in place at all. And I think there there is a bill on the table that will probably lead to change that. But this is why it's also very important to vote for representatives and lawmakers who have who advocate for EPRs and understand the importance for EPRs. Yeah. And is there anything else we can do to push the importance of EPRs and actually get them in place? Letter writing campaigns, like writing the company in person as well, saying that this is uh, important to us, but also like picking up the phone and calling your representatives um, and telling them that like EPRs are important to you. And using your voice, voting is essential but also like keep sending letters to your like local council or anyone who yeah. represents you like let it, letting your voice be heard letting them know that this is important to you protesting is another big thing but of course i always get very annoyed when i see environmental protests because sometimes the rubbish that is left behind is just it's like that's so ironic it's so, stupid. It? <laughs> it's so ironic and so stupid so like Please also be respectful when you protest. Don't create more mess. Sometimes I see like bins overflowing with like save the planet signs. And I'm like, oh, that's what? such an ironic image, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's just such an ironic image. But it's another big thing like protesting, going to these like going to like, uh, well, COP26 uh, just happened, but COP27 events outside and letting everyone know that EPRs is something that's important to you. It is something that we desperately need. And I'm just like, not just saying like in the plastic industry, like in the fashion industry, like I am pushing for these to be in place because they are so important. Producers need to take responsibility for what they make. It's kind that of- That is the solution. It's not this polyester is made from 23% recycled materials. It's take responsibility for what happens afterwards. I think I've said to you before, like every object that is now introduced into my life, it's like I have a child. I feel so responsible for that object. It's stressful. And that's how these big companies should feel. They should feel like they're putting a millions and millions of children onto the planet. They're responsible for them. But yeah, no, that's that's fantastic. So is there anything else we can do in terms of recycling? Because recycling is still very complicated, very confusing. Like you said, wish recycling, we all suffer from it. What, what are the clear facts? What can we kind what are the do's and don'ts with recycling that we can 
we do know. Yep. Well, you mentioned the first one, stop wish recycling. The be- if, you're not, if you're unsure if it can be recycled, the best thing to do is put it in the normal bin. Because if you put it in the recycling bin and it can't be recycling, that leads to contamination. Because the people who are collecting are recycling, if they see a contaminated bin of recycling, they're just going to move on. These facilities don't have the infrastructure don't have the workforce if they just see one contamination in in one recycling bin they're just gonna throw it out all of that recycling is going to go to the landfill because you put that one item in there that cannot be yeah. recycled because so they, even you don't have the yeah. time to take it out so even if you've done your bit and recycled properly if one person doesn't do it right it just all goes to shit basically <laughs> and this is another one please please do this me and my mom argue about this every single time but please please wash your recycling before you throw it out. Marie's mom, I hope you're listening. (laughs) Like, honestly, we had such a big argument about this the last time I lived in Ireland. It's why I moved. No, it didn't. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Just think of it like this. If you were giving someone back a plate that they'd given you food on, you wouldn't give it to them dirty, would you? You'd clean it and give it back to them. If you're giving something back to someone to recycle and do you a favour, clean it. They don't want some, like, baked bean residue at the bottom of their tin that's gross don't be gross wash your recycling that is an ama- that is a great point like yeah view it like that that is like a good perspective you, you're giving have. a present to the recycling industry giving them a gift don't like give them messy shit that's 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 awful don't do that no shame but just don't do it <laughs> no don't i mean like another system that has like a closed loop system is lush and every time i bring back my pots they look so surprised they're like oh they're so nice and clean what do you mean people don't clean them it's just so they're get- so easy to clean they're literally just really simple black pots and a lot of lush stuff i find is like it's quite thick so yeah it's a, so yeah and you know what lush is a great example because if you bring back five or so pops you get a free face mask like me and my family are brilliant so we get a lot of lush stuff my mum then saves in her little cupboard all the lush packaging and then if i'm like mum i need to get someone a present she's like here's five lush pots get them a face mask so that's why i get all my friends face masks if you're listening is because (laughs) mum saves the pots up it's it's absolutely brilliant or it's like oh i fancy a treat mum gives me five pots to recycle it's it's brilliant so yeah lush is a fantastic example of a more of a closed loop system and they've put that in place from the start because they've designed their packaging to be super simple and easy to wash out and then recycle again yeah and then another one like another big mistake people do and this is happens more with single stream recycling so for example if you have like a cereal box don't put stuff into the cereal box don't stuff it full that's interesting yeah because Again, at the recycling facility, they do not have time to pull everything apart. Keep everything separate. Flatten your cardboard boxes so nothing can fall in. Flatten. Find your milk cartons, your juice cartons. Again, to preserve space, but it's also preserve space, but it's also like for cardboard boxes to stop stuff falling in there. Another important step that people don't know. Take the lid off is another thing. Sometimes the lid is made of a different plastic than the actual thing. So, for example, like yogurt pots, they have the plastic foil on it. Take the plastic foil 
boil off. Usually these say on the packaging, if you're lucky, it says lid not recyclable, carton recycle. So if there is information, try and look for it on the packaging. Hopefully Mm -hmm. it's clear. Another big important one is check with your local municipality to see what can be recycled because we mentioned uh, the numbers before. So if you look at the bottom of any of your like plastic containers, you will probably see the little recycling triangle with a number in it. Those numbers actually mean something. What? (laughs) This is a first? Yeah, those numbers actually mean something and they're also very confusing. So in general, numbers numbers one and two can be recycled and are widely accepted by anyone. And those are also the ones that I think fall into the high value plastic category. Yes. Those are the ones that can always be recycled. The other ones fall into a bit of a gray area, which is, you know, Great. Are they the less valuable plastics that you were saying about? They're the less valuable plastics. They're also sometimes mixed plastics, which also leads to normal recycling centers not knowing where to, how to handle them. So always look out for one and two. One and two yeah. are so the good So one the and two eggs. are the good. Number three is rarely accepted, hardly can be recycled. Number four is also rarely accepted, can't be recycled. Number five sometimes accepted can sometimes be recycled number six no number seven is other like number seven stands for other it's usually the ones that they really don't know it's usually where bioplastic also falls into so it also rarely and never uh, recycled so check with your local recycling center something you could do as well which actually i think i'm going to do after this is i'm either going to keep like a note on my phone or print it out and put it on my fridge so like i can quickly cross-reference because i'm my memory's awful i will forget and i can go oh this is a three this can't be recycled so yeah kind of help yourself out i mean it is so funny when, when i had the argument with my mom the next day i looked at our bin and i realized there was like a magnet stuck on there telling you to re- uh, to wash your recycling and i was just like <laughs> that's right like it, it's written there like it's a, the, like we got this magnet from the recycling center like it's telling you to wash your recycling and what not to go what goes into the recycling and what not to uh, what what can be recycled and what can't be recycled it's on the magnet read the magnet mom (laughs) (laughs) read the magnet mom (laughs) yeah another like big mistake is takeout containers don't recycle pizza boxes anything with grease on it cannot be recycled that's such a myth isn't it that i've recently discovered you're right like pizza boxes you just see cardboard and go great i can enjoy this pizza this will be recycled you're so right like anything that has residue or grease that you can't clean so it's not a lush pot you can't clean it out yeah it's it's not good like you said contamination and i think so yeah. many people are still in the dark about pizza boxes yeah. it's such a lie isn't it another big one is napkins and paper towels like <gasps> because napkins. people think they have like paper in the title they can be recycled i when my family was here uh, over Easter, I pulled out so many paper napkins from the recycling because they kept just chucking in them. That is, by the way, something that I do. I go through people's recycling and make sure it's right. <laughs> I, was, I was known to do that in university. So if you see someone rustling through your bin, don't be alarmed. It's just Marie. <laughs> I was known for doing that in university. It drove me crazy because in university we had the normal bin and right next to it we had the paper bin and people still put paper into the normal bin. And it's just like, I would like honestly like root through the trash and it would stress me out so much. And also because we were a very small course, 
I knew exactly who it was. Because <laughs> you're rooting through the bin. <laughs> yeah. And I just still remember like this one time I came in and like one of my friends was like, Marie, do not look at the bin. I will sort it out. I know it will just stress you out because I knew I was having already a bad day. They were just like, just, just go to your desk. <laughs> do not look at the bin. Over the eyes. <laughs> I will oh, sort it you. out because yeah, I am that type of person. Like, like so. <laughs> sometimes as well, like I have to say, like I do like, I'm not perfect. I do get sometimes get defeated and uh, I just see it and I'm like, I do not have the energy to deal with that right of now. Course, and- you know what? We're you know, slogan for the podcast, we're all human, it's fine. Like we said, the system is broken, the infrastructure's not there, the education's not there, we can't expect to, we can't be expected to do everything, we can only do as much as we can. And some days, like I was said with the milkshake, and I felt incredibly guilty, and now I'm going to remember that and go, right, okay, I know what to do next time. Also, it's a milkshake. Go have a milkshake if you want sometimes. It's it's fine. It's not we're not gonna kill turtles by having one milkshake, I hope. <laughs> so yeah, don't be guilty. Um just do as much as you can and learn, which is what we're here for. We're here to share in this guilt and learn and grow together. Cause repeat it after me, we're all on a journey. <laughs> Anyway, we're talking about for two girls. <laughs> yeah, it's so good for two girls for use of a cup. We're all on a journey. But yeah, <laughs> napkins is like one of the like main ones. I think because people think it's like paper, it has in the title. Yeah, like, and the best thing you can do actually is before they give you a napkin, if you go out and get something, just say, Oh no, I'm all right for a napkin. Um because I know yeah, what I mean you'll put it in your bag and go, I'll use this later, and you won't. You'll have all these napkins in your bags for like years and years. I'm talking about myself. I, <laughs> I mean, as someone who like has a lot of make- mental breakdowns and cries in public a lot, it is quite handy to have those napkins in my bag. Please <laughs> <laughs> be using them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, for food in general, I always carry around a cloth napkin. I just use that. So that is a solution that I found. I also switched my mom to cloth napkins recently. And with napkins, they're, sometimes they're compostable. So that's another thing. Like check if you can put your napkins into the composter because that is better alternative but again if you're yeah, not this- sure put it in the normal bin yes at least now no now beth you know when you got that plastic milkshake container you should have checked the number to see what plastic it was yes but i i don't think because it was it quite thin it was quite thin it was typical plastic milkshake cup with the dome lid so i reckon i don't think it would have been a one or two it was quite yeah i think the other thing you could do is when you go and recycle something make a note of what kind of things you are throwing out because usually i mean i don't know if anyone else like this i usually have like a set kind of meal plan for the week just so i'm using everything up and i know what to buy when we go food shopping so i've noticed i'm throwing very like the same kind of plastic out make a note of it and then challenge yourself next time you food shopping to see if you can find an alternative with less plastic or no plastic at all if you can afford it and if you have the time to go out and do that something i'm doing next week is greenpeace and everyday plastic are doing a campaign called the big plastic count where you sign up you print off a tally and then you basically tally all the different plastics that you throw out at home and while you're out or recycle and it's basically to give governments and brands data on how much plastic and what plastic we're all throwing out because actually there's very limited data on it and i think if we can identify what people are throwing out brands supermarkets the government can make start to make changes with the evidence we're like giving them so um i mean 
the podcast will probably come out in the future when this is over but that doesn't stop you from doing your own big plastic count like just get some paper or just get your phone and tally up what you're throwing out and see if you can make little changes um that yeah that's kind of my little life hack that we can add to the list as well yeah no that's a great uh, a great suggestion and i think we're going to start doing that on our instagram as well track your trash yes uh, which i'm really looking this. forward to yeah, because that is also something I started doing at, at first, like seeing like, yeah, what can I substitute? Like one of my first swaps was shampoo, where I swapped from like plastic bottle shampoo to a bar, a bar shampoo. So that was like one of my first swaps. Shampoo bars are sometimes a little bit to be desired, but I have short hair now, so it's easier to manage <laughs> than when I had really long hair. Like that's when the only time when I actually noticed it because before the pandemic, I actually had short hair and then I grew it out for the pandemic. And that's when I kind of noticed, ah. Shampoo bars aren't really cutting it with like really yeah. long thick hair like I have, but <laughs> you've like got to do what kind of also works for you and what you it, can afford and what's access what's accessible to you. I think exactly like do what's in your scope, like what you definitely. Can I, for example, probably should have mentioned this at the start. Sustainable fail. I'm suffering from at the moment from a like a bit of eczema at the back of my hair, and I've been prescribed a special shampoo to clear it up, which has worked really well. But um, the shampoo bottle is full on plastic, which I will now look at the bottom to see what number it has on it, which, you know, was so annoying because I've been using shampoo bars. They've been working for me, but I've got this problem. So I've had to stick it out and use a plastic bottle. You know what? That's fine. I, there's no other solution to that. I would rather use that than have flaky, horrible skin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm the same. I suffer from dandruff. So occasionally I do need to use dandruff shampoo because otherwise there's a yeah. lot of flakage going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're very flaky people. <laughs> and it was fine, like in the pandemic where I'm not interacting with anyone, but like after a while, I'm just like, yeah, that looks a bit dodgy. I should probably like sort it out. So but... Do what's accessible to you. Don't feel guilty. And hopefully all this stuff we've talked about um we're sharing education that you can take on and move forward with it how you wish um mm -hmm. but as if we can all do something it's better than us all being in the dark at the end of the day in conclusion plastic production is expected to triple in 2050 so ouch <laughs> yes it is scary remember the three r's they're in that order for a reason reduce reuse recycle try your best it is a minefield it like don't like I know sometimes it does keep me up at night. For example, I mentioned the bins here in Portugal. Like I don't have the underground ones. I just have the normal containers. But when they empty them out, they sometimes do not put them in the right order. So oh, wow. I once, they really I just want to mess with you. <laughs> exactly. So I once without like looking just went to like the one on the far right thinking it is the plastic one. Turns out it was the glass one. And I just like, I'm just like shuddered. I was like, oh no, like what do I do? <laughs> Did you go digging through the bin like you usually do? Come back. I can't because it's just like a little hole. Oh, oh. <laughs> no. I'm like, I couldn't like dive into the bin. I couldn't take it out. Like once it was in there, the damage is done. And I, I, it did keep me up at night. Like honestly, like that's the type of person I am. I kept just thinking like, oh my God, there's paper in the glass. There's paper in the glass. <laughs> But yeah, we don't all be like this. Marie. Don't let this keep you up at night. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us. I think we had a blast. I mean, didn't think this, we. This was an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, like, you brought us down and then brought, brought us back up again. <laughs> <laughs> I think 
that's just who I am as a person. I'll bring people down. <laughs> I'll say, no, it's not all bad. So, yeah. Thank you for joining us today. You can follow our sustainable journey on our socials. We have Twitter and Instagram at Two Girls One Reusable Cup. If you enjoyed hearing our voices, share with your friends. It really helps us out a lot. See you next week for more sustainable shenanigans. See you next time. Bye.